Hey there, we're the Westlop Pirates and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Skuska. Oh my God, is that Declan McClellan, McMahon's music? <laughs> Declan who? Declan McMahon. The college football equivalent of the pay driver. I, please elaborate, Eric. I don't know what you're talking about. This is Sean McMahon's, uh, or Shane McMahon's son, who has committed to Indiana as a walk-on football player. <laughs> I well, mean, that, it, that just in and of itself pretty much tells you the state of the program in I Indiana. mean, Shane, Vince, Triple H, The Rock, they can import as many as they want. I don't know if it's going to make a difference here, but we shall see. Yeah, so Indiana... I mean, to call last year a disappointment to Indiana would be just an understatement. I mean, it was it could not have gone worse for them last year. Uh, you know, the highs that they were coming from the year before in 2020, just gone. It felt a lot like what happened in Evanston. Um, but uh, we're, we're here to talk about the Hoosiers, um, as they are one of the teams Northwestern does not play this season. Um, John, can you take us through their defense? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I put a lot of work and a lot of time into last year's, uh, Indiana defensive preview and, and made a lot of strong statements and, and kind of on the back of all that, I'd like to say Indiana, what the actual, but no, in truth, um, yes, this was a face plant of epic proportions. Uh, but on defense, really? Not too hard to figure out what happened to Indiana's defense in 2021. What happened to Indiana's defense in 2021 was Indiana's offense in 2021. Now, that might seem like I'm just giving the D a pass and throwing the Indiana offense under the bus. Um, And this defense, I mean, let's, let's call it like it is. This defense went from first to last in sacks and turnovers last year. Just an absolutely ludicrous turn. But consider this. Indiana had the number five run defense in in the conference in 2020 and the number eight run defense last year. Not great, but not like a titanic fall there. Um, They were on par with Nebraska in run defense, and they were better than Penn State in run defense. And pretty much just as expected, Indiana went from the number 10 pass defense in the conference in 2020 to about the same, the number 11 pass defense in the conference in 2021, because giving up pass yards is pretty much baked into what they do in their 4-2-5 scheme because they take so many risks and they're so aggressive. So all in all, Indiana fielded the number 10 total defense in the conference last year and the number 14 scoring defense in the conference. So you fold in this free fall in sacks and turnovers, and what you see is a defense that was just on the back foot all year long. It's like when one hand goes from washing the other hand to slapping the other hand, this is what you get. Instead of pinning your hair back on blitzes all the time, which is how Indiana generates 100% of its sacks, you're suddenly inheriting horrible situations from the offense and you're trying to figure out how to keep the other team out of the end zone. Instead of dictating, you're reacting. And that's exactly what happened to Indiana last year. So from a personnel standpoint things continue to be surprisingly understandable for Indiana, despite like this crazy pivot they had in defense last year. 
So their two best players in the front seven last year were exactly who we thought their two best players would be in the front seven. And their best overall player got hurt. That player, Taiwan Mullen, one of the best cover cornerbacks in the country, and also an athlete who Indiana's scheme, that 4-2-5, uses in a lot of really creative ways, only played in seven games. And in front of him, do everything linebacker Micah McFadden and transfer end writer Anderson, who we highlighted a lot last season because he was kind of sleepily, arguably the biggest incoming transfer in the conference. Those two guys were both great. They combined for 24 tackles for loss last year. But the bottom line is that this unit just got snowed under overall. It didn't have Mullen making quarterbacks pay in the secondary, and it didn't have the freedom to attack that you get when an opposing offense is facing long fields or needing to throw deep a lot to catch up. So with all that said, the forecast for Indiana for this coming year is rough, rougher, and then kind of interesting. So the rough part comes from the fact that McFadden, one of this, like we've talked about this for the past like five or six years, that Indiana has kind of lucked into this handful of like generational linebackers who are basically the best linebackers Indiana's ever had in the past couple of years. Um, And the latest one is McFadden and he's gone now as is Ryder Anderson. So that's the rough. The rougher part is that this defense is once again chained to this offense that absolutely fell off a cliff last year. And its success is going to be linked to whatever the offense does. And I'll leave all of that to Scuzz in a second. But the interesting part is this. On the back of that phenomenal 2020 season, Indiana assembled a absolutely fantastic defensive recruiting class. Probably the best one Bloomington has ever seen. The Hoosiers thus have this absolutely stacked group of true freshman players at all levels of the defense who rival what any other team in the conference is bringing in. Um, Linebacker Deshaun McCullough, defensive tackle Nick James, defensive end Vincent Sneed, and quarterback Travell Mullen are basically Michigan or Ohio State level guys. And keep in mind that Travell Mullen's brother, Taiwan Mullen, is returning to Indiana. And if healthy, he's going to still be one of the best cornerbacks in the country. So if his brother has those same genes, which again, it sure looks like he does because he was a major recruit, he could start right away too. And remember, Taiwan Mullen himself was one of the best corners in the country as a freshman. So it hurts the brain to say this about a defense that was an absolute mess last year. Indiana could theoretically have a top five secondary in the country next year in terms of raw talent, which is, I mean, again, it it boggles the mind. Um, But even still, like the chances that all of that young talent um, is going to amount to something um, that, let's say, Indiana football diehards, I don't know if Indiana football diehards is a thing, but let's say that it is. Um, If Indiana football diehards... um, will hold, you know, if if all that young talent gives them something to hold on to as their D is just getting thrashed because this offense can't get it together, like, that's probably the most likely scenario. I mean, they're, they, you know, there's a lot of exciting 
talent potentially that's young that could get on the field here. But this offense, this defense remains chained to the offense. So, you know, Scuzz can tell us whether or not there's there's any kind of offense here to speak of. Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe I can tell you that. <laughs> it's going to be a giant question mark, guys. Yeah, so, I mean, what what do we make of, of the Hoosier L? The, Hoosier, the 2022 Hoosier offense is brought to you by the college football transfer portal. That's what we can tell you. <laughs> oh, God. So in my buckle head. Buckle up, boys. Yeah, buckle up, right? Um, so in my head, I knew that Indiana had lost a lot of players to the portal and that they also got a bunch. But in total, just just sit with this. 29 players. Wow. That's on amazing. The, that's across the board, but just – just on the offense, that was four running backs, two of whom were walk-ons, five wide receivers, two tight ends, one offensive lineman, and Michael Penix. All left. All left via the transfer portal. Wow. When you add in graduation, basically Indiana has lost the best quarterback, their top receiver, their top tight end, most of the running backs, and a good portion of the O-line. Man. At the same time, coming back to IU through the transfer portal, through the transfer portal are the following: Sean Shivers from Auburn and Josh Henderson from North Carolina at running back, Emery Simmons also from North Carolina and Cam Camper from uh, uh, Junior College, and a four-star freshman. I guess this is not a transfer portal, but a four-star freshman Omar Cooper Jr. at wide receiver. Like, pause. That's three four-star wide receivers being added to this team and uh, Connor Basilak from Missouri, a quarterback. This is 2021 Michigan state. On I was about to say, yeah, that's what Indiana's hoping anyway. <laughs> yep. Uh, totally. And so interestingly in all those talent losses on the offensive side through the portal, the majority of the top players from their last two recruiting classes are still on the roster. And 2022 was a pretty darn good class. But like the bottom line, I, I don't have much to say because this is just a this is a total chemistry experiment. I mean, under Tom Allen, Indiana has been pretty good running the ball uh, with solid to really good offensive line play. They've had serviceable wideouts, um, and like the roller coaster has basically been Michael Penix's health. When he's healthy, he's been electric, and they've been awesome. And when not, IU was a train wreck. And I guess 2021 broke that mold a little bit because whether he was healthy or not, they were a train wreck. Um, But I think, you know, this year they probably have better overall talent at wideout than they've had the last few years. I mean, I mentioned Simmons from North Carolina. Uh, Camper is a big-time recruit out of junior college. And then this, you know, the freshman Cooper uh, coming in. They've also got DJ Matthews coming back. He was their best receiver after Freifogel last season. And then, you know, they've got some good-looking pieces on offensive line. I mean, that like there's no proven depth. They've got a ton of guys on the roster, but they've got, you know, Zach Carpenter, uh, who, who actually played his high school ball around the corner for me here in Cincinnati. Uh, they've got Luke Haggard as their massive six foot seven left tackle. Uh, like, they have some things to work with. And then they've got Good running backs, uh, plus uh, you know the transfers I mentioned. Those those guys were those guys were good. I mean, Sean Shivers was a name at, at Auburn for sure, um, and they've got a great freshman with a ton of potential in Jalen Lucas. But again, it's <laughs> like it's like a grab bag. We just we don't know what pieces are are going to hit. These guys are not going to have a lot of time together before the season starts. Quarterback obviously is is you know always the most interesting interesting place to play. Like. 
Penix is gone. Peyton Ramsey before him is gone. Um, Basilek, who comes from Missouri, had pretty good stats in the SEC. Um, we've been down that road at Northwestern, and it, you know, take take it for what it is. He throws way too many interceptions, but his stats are still way better than Jack Tuttle had in the Big Ten last year. Um, there's also De- uh, Donovan McCulley, who's pretty interesting. This guy was a massive quarterback recruit. He's a four-star guy, six foot five. He's an extremely different player than the type of quarterback IU has leaned on the last five years. Um, and he looked extremely raw last year, but this is the type of opportunity. Maybe he could put it together, and, and maybe he could he could outplay Basilek in the fall. I don't know. We'll see. So, like, at, overall, and again, I haven't had much to say here. This is an extremely talented offense that has absolutely zero chemistry playing together. So, like, buckle up. This should be fun. If you or a loved one is seriously injured by someone else's negligence, hire Kent Sinson of the Sinson Law Group. After over a decade prosecuting murder cases in Chicago, Sinson opened his own firm focused on wrongful death and personal injury cases. He specializes in car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and other transportation accidents, as well as construction accidents, medical negligence, slip and falls, product liability, and more. Millions recovered for clients. No fee unless he wins. The Sinson Law Group. Compassion, empathy, and vigorous advocacy. Go to SinsonLawGroup.com or call 312-332-2107 for a free consultation and go Cats. Well, um, just running through their schedule, uh, they open up against Illinois. Uh, then they host Idaho and Western Kentucky uh, before you know heading up your way, guys, uh, playing at Cincinnati. Then they're at Nebraska, home for Michigan and Maryland, at Rutgers, home for Penn State, at Ohio State, at Michigan State, and then home for Purdue. Woof. Um, yeah. Like, Highly I, plausible that I'm at that IU game. That IU that'd, be, that'd be cool. That would be cool. So I guess like there's a couple different pieces to this. Like one of the pieces is I think just about everyone agrees that Tom Allen, you know, is a strong football coach, right? He has a really solid reputation. Obviously, as a whole, what he's done at Indiana has been really impressive. And also one of these things, and obviously we're going to drill down on this plenty when, you know, at the end of the summer when we get to Northwestern. But the the cumulative toll that an absolute nightmare season can take on a team. I think a lot of people tend to look at Indiana and evaluate them looking at like the last four games of the season, Michigan, Rutgers, Minnesota, and Purdue when they just got absolutely pasted. But this is like a team that barely, what they were, what three, they are, they, I mean, they only won two games, right? But they, they played were, Maryland they were super tight with Maryland Michigan State, and you know, and surprisingly and close with Cincinnati, yeah. right? Which so I mean, it's they were again, they were absolutely a mess last year. But I think this was a team that the bottom absolutely fell out for them, and it, and it imploded. I definitely see wins for them on this schedule, like certain things that could break the right way. I mean, again, ultimately. This is a defense that operates in really creative ways. They had a couple really impact playmakers depart. But again, so much of this defense succeeds based on what the offense does because it wants to be really aggressive and it wants the other team to have to throw the ball. And I think it's so again, it's like it's just doubling down on what Scuzz says. It's a giant question mark. Like this is a defense that's got young, really talented guys that I think are going to get on the field and be put in a position to succeed. And again, it's like they may have two Mullen brothers playing court cornerback who are both just phenomenal players. So, you know, 
you fold in, you got Illinois, Idaho, Western Kentucky, Nebraska, Maryland, Rutgers, you know, Purdue. Like, could they find five, six games here? Like, maybe. But, you know, on the flip side, like, it's counting on just that that crazy Michigan experiment to somehow, like, replicate itself. And I think you you could just... It's, it's probably a lot easier to talk me into the fact that this doesn't come together the way Indiana wants to. And then, you know, they have some sort of similar implosion. But, you know, I like I could see them getting to six if everything breaks the way they need it to. More than that, I don't know. I mean, that, that murderer's row of home for Penn State that at Ohio State, at Michigan State in three consecutive weeks, that's just... you. We'll we'll know a lot about that team. That's how they you know get up to play Purdue after just taking body blow after body blow after body blow from those three squads. I mean, whew, that that yeah. that's like I I thought our schedule was rough. That three game set is just terrible. Well, it see it seems like I mean, when you go back to the end of last season, you know, getting that that Michigan Minnesota Purdue um, Rutgers stretch where they got hammered. It like you obviously theorized that like their will to win had been pretty much beaten out of them for sure. Um, Those were four teams that were also very adept at and preferred to, well, Purdue, no, but the other three very adept at and preferred to run the football. Right. And I don't know that I heard much that makes me feel like I use going to be any better at stopping the run this year because yeah, the secondary is great, but they're 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 looking at like tough sledding with most of the teams on the on the on the schedule. And and like Micah McFadden was again, he's an, a Michigan all time. I mean, a, an Indiana all timer, and he's moved on now. So I mean, again, there are guys who maybe will find their footing in really impressive ways. And you know, I like if I'm talking myself into some kind of miracle scenario, it's like, well, you know. Four of your first five are Illinois, Idaho, Western Kentucky, and Nebraska. So it's like there is a path, right? Like if Indiana strikes some sort of gold on offense and finds something, you know, like then they should. One of these quarterbacks hits, right? Right, exactly. That one of the quarterbacks hits, they find something. The defense can play on the front foot and generate turnovers, which is how they helped themselves so much the season before this past season. Then, then there's a path there for like a you know a three and two or a four and one start to the season, and then they can see what happens from then on. But I mean, right? The there's just as much of a chance that this thing rolls the other way, and if it rolls the other way, like yeah, the floor for this team is really low, um, because I think there's not a team on their schedule in the Big Ten who doesn't think they can beat Indiana based on last season. Right. And but I mean, so floor two wins? You imagine they they should be able to beat Iowa, Idaho and uh, Western Kentucky? I'll say three for a floor. I think that I think they can get Idaho, Western Kentucky, and I think they get one of the other teams. Again, this is a team that as much of a mess as things were last year could have beaten a couple of the teams they lost to in the in conference last year. So I'm going to say a floor of three and a, and a ceiling of six. Yeah, I mean, last year was such I, like you know this team is more talented than two and ten, and you know Tom Allen's a good coach. They made some changes on the staff, right? If I remember, he's going to take a, a bigger hand, and uh, I think the offense maybe like regardless, like I I imagine 
I think four is probably the, the floor. I, I just, I think, you know, they get, they have to go to Rutgers, but they get Maryland at home. They have to go to Nebraska, but they get Illinois at home. They get Purdue at home. You know, like I, like they were so close to knocking off a of Michigan state last year. They gave Cincinnati a run for their money. They're not going to, they're not going to, I mean, I think Cincinnati is going to be a wildly different team this year. Uh, they've sure. turned over, you know, like they've, they've turned over probably like what seven professional football players. So um, <laughs> like, I will say, and, and again, I'll say too, like, you know, this, all the talk that everyone's had talking about the current Northwestern recruiting class and everything like Indiana has this magical recruiting class defensively that is stepping on 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 campus and and uh the kind of uh, sexy defense that wants to put those guys in position to attack and do a lot of damage and it just takes them catching the right start to a game let's, where it's let's, like let's emphasize i want to emphasize it with a bullet seven four-star players per rivals right um, right th- now th- now that's three three defensive players four, or three offensive players, four defensive players. But, but it's like those, right. Those four defensive players were all big time guys. And again, it's like, right. They just, it's a front foot. Like they get a turnover early. The offense clicks. And let's say they jump out on, you know, a Nebraska or, you know, I mean, again, a Michigan state who they played tough last year. Right. Like then they, things break the right way for them early. They can play the kind of football that they want to play. Like, there are wins here for them. It just like you know, well that's more four, that's more four star players than they've recruited in the last three years combined. Right. I mean, and they and they earned it with a hell of a season that was only two seasons ago. We all know how that is, right? I mean, again, yeah, we've we've seen that before. Right. Uh, I'm assuming Declan McMahon is not in that uh, in that list. I assume to, he's a 2023 guy, so we can we can count his impact next year. <laughs> that's that's it's a it's a it's a it's a financial injection. I mean, like it, and Indiana's nil uh, yeah. uh, work is just going to skyrocket, and you can see you know you can expect WWE to be heavily right. involved. Charlotte Flair is the team mom now. It's all yeah. like it's all looking up for them. <laughs> hey, if if they um if they steal our boy Joe Spivak. Uh, in any way, shape, or form, I like we we That's ride right. we ride for Bloomington. All all bets are off. Yep. Well, that'll just about wrap it up for our Indiana preview. Uh, head to our website westlotpirates.com where you can leave comments and questions. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at westlotpirates, and email the show westlotpirates at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics. Look for us in the West Lot of Ryan Field flying the red pirate flag because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. John Lacombe and Eric Scasbine, Sam Walter. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.